Just a quick update. We know you know, but the Sussex Family Christmas Card. We're so excited to discuss. This week, we pre-recorded the episode for New Year's with Lainey, and it's amazing. You definitely don't want to miss it. It's all about the best of 2021 royal moments. The card definitely counts, but we will discuss it in full next week. Enjoy the episode. Hear ye, hear ye. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty, the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it is time for the weekly Royal News Roundup. But first, our Royal Housekeeping Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Also, please send us an email. We love hearing from our listeners. Info at gallerypodcasts.com. That's podcasts with an S. Rachel, what are we talking about today? Well, it's actually a very special episode. I feel like we should have said Happy New Year, right? <laughs> Almost at yeah. the beginning of that. But um, we are doing a special episode for you guys this week in honor of the holiday season where we are basically going to be going over our top royal moments, highs and lows of the year. Uh, we also just wanted to take a note and say thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. We recognize that there is a lot going on in the world. And we hope that this is sort of a bright spot in your week. I know the Royals have also been a little complex for all of us this year. We're really wading through all of that. But the goal is to really give you guys a break and something to look forward to and something that gives you brings you joy. But on that note, to go over the highs and lows and all the wonderful things that we want to reminisce about this year, we are joined by Lainey Louis, founder of Lainey Gossip, which is full of pitch-perfect perspectives on the royal family. She's joining us to reflect on all of these memories from the year. Welcome, Lainey. Thank you for being here. Welcome. Thanks for having me on such a special episode. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. We were curious. We thought it would be really interesting to kind of hear how you became royally obsessed. I don't think we know how that sort of how the royals became part of something that you were really interested in and began covering on the site. Well, I don't know that it was intentional. Mm -hmm. It's just that on our site, we cover celebrity gossip and the royal family, the British royal family, they are OG celebrities. I mean, they might not want to admit to being celebrities, but I mean, these are the, I guess, elite of famous people. Yeah, They were influencers before we knew to call people influencers. And again, <laughs> while they would not ever cop to that description of themselves, that's what they are. They're celebrities, they're influencers. So Anything that happens around them to me is celebrity gossip. And they just generate so much of it so from much. dating. Yeah, so much <laughs> from, it, you know, even before the last three to five years of like scandal. Yes. Um, there was, <laughs> scandal. of course, so much, right? Um, so writing and posting and reporting on them is just part of the celebrity gossip landscape. Well, I really feel like the URL to your webpage, in, in particular, the royal section populates so quickly in my brain. I like I just race <laughs> to hear your thoughts on all the breaking news. I always feel like it just it's always just the perspective I want to hear. I don't know why it resonates so much with for Roberta and I always. Yeah, it's such a treat to get to talk to you, especially for this episode where we're looking back at 2021. So let's kick it off with a toast, our royal refreshment segment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Clink, clink. clink. 
I have my little coop of champagne that I'm going to spill, so I'm going to take a sip right here. I just Cheers. exploded the bottle. Like, I was getting ready for the episode, and it, it I did it wrong. It was a tw- – it was – it just didn't work out, and it went everywhere, and I had to run oh, outside, no. and then it spilled, and it's a little messy looking, but it's good. I'm kind of upset I didn't think too – much in advance about this and didn't get one of those mini bottles. And so now I have a whole bottle of champagne open in my fridge and I'm like, what am I going to do? Are you sipping anything, Lainey? Well, I have to say I am not as festive as you all. I'm sipping water um, and I'm doing it out of a Coca-Cola glass, which I thought would be extra opposite of British classy. Like imagine bringing a Coca-Cola glass into Buckingham Palace, how scandalized they would be. So I thought I'd be a little bit peasanty. I to like offset it. your eliteness and I your like aristocracy. I like it. Perfect. But also water should be the theme of January because we all need to hydrate always. I'm yeah. always dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. And we have that highbrow, lowbrow mix here. So that's perfect. Uh, what is everyone's plans for the holidays? Does anyone have big New Year's Eve plans before we get into everything else? I would like to have big New Year's Eve plans. <laughs> like, to be I honest with to. you, I, you know, I would love to blow it out. But I also, for us here where I live in Toronto, it's not looking real good right now. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's best to be safe. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably going to stay in and do my fun things that I do. I'm Listen, I, I am Canadian. So what I say, about, what I'm about to say is legal. I'm not sure about where you are in America, <laughs> yes. but it is legal to enjoy cannabis in this country where I live because <laughs> yes. it's uh, a great country. Um, so I will be enjoying some gummies, which that I think is a little English. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Um, gonna have some gummies. Gonna also have some bubbly, real bubbly, not water out of a Coca Cola <laughs> glass. Coca Cola glass. And maybe put on a skin mask, like a sheet mask. Uh, Ooh, the dream. Nice. That sounds the skin. like a wonderful night. Yeah. How about you it guys? Does. It does. I'm same. Yeah, yeah. Staying in because every time I do make plans, they always feel like less than expectations. So I think this year we're going to take it easy. And I'm really excited about that. I think staying in is the move this year. Yeah. Rachel, what are you? I think just I might force myself to dress up if I stay in, but I am staying in. I I actually typically stay in. I like a New Year's at home because I always feel like in New York City, it's also like amateur hour. So it's, you know, if you have a house party to go to, it's very lovely. But I think the bar scene is a little intense on New Year's Eve. So anyway, the $200 all you can drink ticket and you can get two drinks. No, no thanks. I've aged (laughs) out. All right. Well, for our listener email segment today, we wanted to hear from you guys about what you thought the best moments of 2021 were. So we asked our audience on our Instagram story with a little question poll and the answers were pretty incredible. So Carrie wrote in and she said the Cambridge's appearance at the 007 premiere, the glamour, the fashion. Someone else wrote Kate with the tarantula named Charlotte in Scotland. That was a good moment. Yeah. (laughs) A bunch of people, a bunch of people said the Oprah interview and someone wrote, keep pulling back the curtain. Mm. A lot of people said Earthshot, something actionable that will eventually make a difference. That's what Earthshot meant to them. The Meghan and Harry Time magazine cover, baby Mm -hmm. Lilibet's birth, Kate meeting Mila at Holyrood House with her pink princess dress. I I know. Some of these moments I forget about. The Cambridge anniversary video, Megan's big legal win. Um, Chan said Megan's 40 for 40 mentorship, which introduced her to her mentor, which was really awesome. So it had a big effect on people's lives. 
Um, and we're going to get into our own personal faves of the year in just a second. But first, let's get into royal history. And now, this week in royal history. We thought it would be fun to reminisce, since it is the week leading into 2022, about how the royals typically spend New Year's Eve. And from what I understand, it's not a big holiday for them. That, you know, I feel like the queen has been known, according to different reports, which fact or fiction, sometimes it's hard to tell, but that she has always enjoyed staying up till midnight. Um, And the rule is that obviously nobody goes to bed before the queen does. Of course, this will be Her Majesty's first New Year's Eve without Philip. So that's going to be distinctive for her, of course. Uh, Last year, we also had an Instagram update for her on the day, uh, from her on the day that where she mentioned that Vera Lynn quote with the we will meet again. It does feel kind of like we've had a lot of obvious pandemic progress this year, but it does feel like we just discussed that we're going to be not as festive as we typically would be with big, large groups, maybe because of the new variant and things like that. The Cambridges, I've read reports that they go to the Middletons, and that sounds fabulous. Again, the pandemic throws a wrench into all this. And the Sussexes, starting new traditions in Montecito. What are your, have you, do you know any insight or have you heard any rumblings, Lainey, on any of this? Any scoop? I think that, you know, with the Sussexes, even though they keep their shit locked down pretty tight, Mm -hmm. they do have like a very, very small but close circle of celebrity friends. Um, And some of them are obvious, um, but some of them, you know, like it has been reported, but people just don't know how close they really, really are. If they were to have people over, it wouldn't shock me if, for example, David Foster and Catherine Mm -hmm. McPhee came over. Totally. Um, So, you know, people point to whatever, Ellen or Oprah, but I think that they're missing the David Foster, Catherine McPhee angle. Because that was that steak dinner when they first got there. I remember those pictures. Yeah, that's right. And also remember, like, they, they also have something to bond over. They're their babies are like around the same age, right? Mm-hmm. Catherine and David's mm. like little baby and then um, Lilibet. So there's a lot to bond over. There's a lot of trust and history there. I would imagine from what I've heard that it's not going to, it's, it's going to be, if anything, it would be pretty quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty low key. Yeah. Totally. I'm sure for everyone too, even, you know, the Cambridges, the Queen, I'm sure it's going to be well, I like, pretty low key. I like kind of visualizing though, if the Middletons do the Middletons. If, sorry, Kate William, I just called you the Middletons. <laughs> I um, feel like we Cam- do that all the time. <laughs> the Cambridges. Freudian if they, and I know exactly. If they end up at Carol and Michael's house, like I love that, you know, Carol's obviously the brains behind party pieces. So I feel like I imagine she kind of decks it all out and goes really festive. I love browsing on her site for holiday decor that I cannot purchase because of the shipping rates. But I don't know. I think that 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 plan sounds pretty festive to me as well. think that the royals should make any resolutions this year? We were kind of riffing on that a little ahead of chatting with you, Lainey. I, yes, I think that they <laughs> should make lots of resolutions and I think their staff should make lots of resolutions. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, if I, if I were them, like I would love to recommend some resolutions <laughs> Let's to them recommend and their some. staff. What would you recommend? You know, get a better communications team. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Maybe stop s- being so nice to the Daily Mail and the uh, Sun and the tabloids. Maybe stop yeah. getting into bed. That's a great resolution. Yeah. I right. feel like if they just accomplished that, that would be like a very successful yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> Reevaluate the invisible contract. Reevaluate that because I do think, especially like one of the things that still strikes me about the Oprah interview and their statement after is handle matters privately. And we do want to hear about these matters from them. And so, or even something as recent as the Queen's health and the back and forth about what was going on there. So yeah, Palace Communications team, make some resolutions this year. Exactly. I also, I mean, this is a little bit more lighthearted, but I hope that the Queen's resolution is to get face-to-face with Lilibet. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I guess here's the elephant in the room. Also, you know, whatever resolution you can come up with, about the blight on the family that is Prince Andrew. You yes. don't have that or... <laughs> of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That... <laughs> what are they going to do? Yeah. We'll probably get into that more in a little bit. So let's kick it off with our Royal Rundown of the Week, which is our top three favorite Royal moments of 2021. Lainey, you take it away. You're you're up first. Guest of honor. Okay. I don't think that there's any other moment to me that can compare to what I call the television event of the year. Yes. Which, of course, is Harry and Meghan's interview with Oprah Winfrey. And listen, there are lots and lots of reasons, including all the tea that was spilled during that interview. But from a like a macro level, an industry level, which is what I do, like not just royal stuff, but overall mm-hmm. entertainment industry, we don't see ratings like that anymore for a non-live, non-sporting event. 17 million people in wow. um, the, the U.S. alone. That's more than the Oscars. Think about watching it. Watching real time. Oh it's gosh. watching in real time. Like it wasn't tape delay. It wasn't, oh, I'm just going to record this and watch this tomorrow. It was people watching together. So to your point, Rachel, that's monoculture. Mm-hmm. Also something that doesn't exist anymore because of streaming and all of our entertainment options There are very few times, except for, let's say, the Super Bowl or let's say an award show, the Oscars, where we're all doing the same thing in front of the television at the same time and texting each other and checking Twitter and getting our minds blown. So to me, that has to be the moment. And it'll be the moment for a long, like for many years. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. I think it was like 60 million globally or something. Mm-hmm. And the, remember, we were having to sign up for uh, Paramount Plus. Did you guys have to do oh, the Oh, yeah, because I don't have something? cable. Yeah, it was like a real yeah. stressor to just make sure I had access to watch it. But yeah, I rem- I mean- And it's been nominated for the daytime Emmys too, yeah. right? It's just, yeah, so- it was, it was not just watched by people like us, but celebrities were watching it. You know, mm-hmm. it was- other famous people were tuning in. Mm-hmm. It was the talk of, I mean, it was a huge get for CBS and obviously facilitated by Oprah. But from from a pure numbers and stats point of view, nothing could compare to that. Mm-hmm. It's just mind blowing. And then all the reveals, I feel like it was every sentence. Because I remember, obviously, we were taking dutiful notes, Roberta and I, for the sake yeah. of the podcast. And I remember just watching it And I felt like I was almost transcribing it because every single revelation was something that A, needed more attention and you needed to go back through later on. But it was just, you know, to hear that. And I mean, it was 
it was beautifully done. And I think it made me really miss Oprah, <laughs> you know, just every time yeah. she has, she's just such a masterful interviewer. And I were think- Were you silent or were you silent? Yes. <laughs> but it, I think it really reinvigorated for me my just love of those long form interview conversations yes. that we also don't get. Like, I mean, obviously that's the industry that we have chosen, but it's like, I was just- I loved that every minute of, I couldn't believe, I mean, it was two hours, right? And it went by so quick. I think yeah. it was longer. Was it was a two or two and a half. It was long. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, they dedicated a significant amount of time. Plus they left things on the cutting room floor, which they right. then revealed online. Yes. And, you know, released here and there. It was such, you know, from, from an industry perspective, again, from a conventional television industry perspective, you know, this is an industry that's been decimated by streaming. But this is something Netflix could not deliver. Yeah. And yeah. so when I when I look to to young people like you, Roberta and Rachel, and let's say you don't kind. have cable. <laughs> no, but you just said you yeah. don't have cable. Oh, yeah, we don't so have there's cable. a whole generation of people, let's call it between 15 and 30, who are like, oh fuck, what are we gonna do? Do mm-hmm. we need cable? Do we need to think of that kind of impact, right? And yeah. Megan and Harry were involved in all of that. And then on top of that, their revelations, like bomb after bomb after bomb. And what I loved about it was like, I feel like Harry was the bigger bomb dropper in that interview yeah. than Megan. And, you know, going into it, we expected it would be Megan, you know, dropping all the tea. But Harry actually delivered most of the knockout blows. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I think About on so family. many levels. Yeah. 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 On so many levels, I don't think there's another moment that all due respect to Kate at the Bond premiere, but please, <laughs> like a pretty dress is not gonna, a pretty dress is not gonna take it to the television event no. of the year. No. Well, and that just like, it, I just think it really makes Harry's memoir next year, it's going to be so explosive and I'm so excited for it. So I well, can't I just wait for also, that. I was just going to add before you yeah. jump in, Roberta, that um, yeah. with yours, because I want to hear, um, is just I do feel like I look at 2021 and also anything prior to like, I think it was March 7th, 2021, is like before Oprah and after Oprah for the Royals. Mm-hmm. Like it really was this like completely yeah. different, not that we didn't know what was going on rumblings, but to hear their own voice speak about it, it changed all of our perspectives, really. So anyways, yeah. okay, take it away. Okay, my favorite royal moment of the year is the royal-ish-ish, I'm saying royal-ish tour of New York. I think, you know, it had everything. It had the surprise mm-hmm. element, but it also had vaccine equity. There was so much fashion on display that we miss so, so dearly from Megan. Um, I want to play a quick clip from their Global Citizen Live event. Just think about the millions of vaccines that have been discarded this year. That's like throwing away life vests when those around you are drowning. So where does that leave us? My wife and I believe... (laughs) My wife and I believe the way you're born should not dictate your ability to survive. Which to this day, rewatching it still gives me chills because it feels like Harry's talking a little bit about himself, but also with New York 
and their little tour of it. There was the behind the scenes glimpses. We know they had dinner and drinks at the Carlisle with Misha Nunu and her husband, Harry's first chicken and waffles in Harlem at Melba's. We also had a guest on that was there at One World Trade the, the morning that they arrived and got the behind the scenes scoop. She was there as a reporter um, and kind of heard some words from the Daily Mail photographer. So that was really interesting. And she came on the pod, Romney Smith, shout out to Romney. Um, but just makes me excited for more royal tours from them. What do you what do you guys think? Yeah, I think that that was a real, you know, I always say um, with celebrities, you know, don't be afraid to be missed. And I think that, you know, we had not seen Harry and Meghan do sort of a visit, a meet and greet situation like that in so long. And that's why it was, well, obviously, anytime they step out, it's going to be like a worldwide global story. But then with that, it really felt it had the glamour of that royal tour without being whatever, officially royal. Um, I agree with everything you said, Roberta. And the only thing I would add is that Remember, it was on that tour that we first saw that they are being trailed by cameras now. They have their own shooters, right? Their own, perhaps, documentarians. Now, celebrities do this all the time. Beyonce documents every moment of her life and actually has an archive where she puts in all her footage. And lots and lots of celebrities, famous people do this. And so we do know about that Netflix deal with the Sussexes. There's been a rumor that one of their first series is going to be a behind the scenes look at their lives. So the fact that there was a shooter there, you know, documenting their tour. Now we wait to see what that footage is going to be like, which only builds the anticipation. I'm super excited about the tone of what that's going to be. And I also think it's really interesting because it is a pretty celebrity move, how they're going to edit themselves and direct Mm. themselves and curate their own footage. Mm -hmm. There's always a little give and take there. It's not really a true documentary if you're directing it, writing it, producing it, narrating it, whatever. (laughs) So yeah, so there's lots to look forward to there. Yeah, Yeah. totally. All the footage they collected from that, will we see it? I'm sure we will at some point, hopefully. And that clip, Oh, yeah, of course we will. <laughs> well, and, and that clip you share, you chose, Roberta, too, I just feel like that moment, like, I think we all just feel so happy to see what a difference a year makes for them in terms of where they're at, seeing them on stage at that um, Global Citizen event. I really feel like it was just, they really radiated a lot of happiness and joy. And, and I do also really, enjoy, I mean, for me, it's like all of us, you know, that it's in New York and the idea that the Cambridges are going to bring Earthshot over here. I love when things are stateside. <laughs> yes, it's very nice for yes. us with our royals. Love. royal high of the year is a little bit more broad with the fact that we had four royal babies this year. So it was August, (laughs) Lucas, Lilibet, and Sienna. You know, I feel like royal babies are such an entry point. It's like weddings, all that stuff. It's just it kind of brings all that joy towards the family. And I can't believe we had four in 2021. Yeah. You know, no hospital debuts, but I feel like that's probably a good thing. I think it's really nice for these kids to also get a little bit of privacy for themselves. They have very different roles within the family. You know, it highlights the fact and underscores the fact that social media has totally changed the game, the name of the game. Because I think Eugenie releasing all the pictures of August herself, you know, circumventing the palace communications team. I just think that that is 
the way it's going to be going forward and that's how yeah and that's how the Sussexes did it and you know the Cambridges also so I think that that that's huge for us as royal watchers to kind of get this direct line of communication from them. What do you think, Lainey? I mean, I, I don't think that there's any way you can go back to, not just for our pra- for practical reasons, like pandemic reasons and all that. Like, can you imagine a newborn baby like being thrust on the street now outside of the hospital no. in front of like <laughs> no. thousands of reporters no. after COVID? Like, it's just no. practically, obviously not possible anymore. Um, but also, yeah, it, it doesn't, you need if you're going to modernize the monarchy which is their big hurdle then you're going to need to meet people where they are and frankly they're the target generation of new people that they want interested in the royal family to so that the royal family can remain relevant is not the people who are going to be hanging out outside the hospital for days and weeks on end oh god have we ever talked about the people who do that it is <laughs> no. really bizarre um, <laughs> they like, yeah. like they camp outside and do all the like, the we're not talking reporters. Up. We're not talking reporters because yeah. that's their job. But there are like royalists, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Who start camping outside of St. Mary's or whatever the hospital is. Like, I mean, when it was George and Charlotte, it was like weeks and it was hot. Ugh. And it is, I mean, Bless these people for their endurance, (laughs) for their endurance and commitment. But it is also kind of weird to be that fanatical. Yeah. 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 Because again, I I use the word practical. Think of the practicality. Like they would have to sleep there, (laughs) use the facilities. Like it's just bizarre. And yeah, I, I would like to think that the TikTok generation that the royals are trying to get down with right now is like way cooler than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so, so funny. I know. Well, so I keep true. thinking about the Jubilee, though, the Platinum Jubilee, because I feel like with all these babies, too, it's like, is this going to be – I mean, I feel like there's a lot of hopes that it would be a big royal reunion where we get to see some of these babies, including the Sussexes and Archie and Lilibeth, on the balcony. But I – you know, obviously, I don't – do you guys think this – that any, there's any chance of that happening? There's a lot of variables, obviously. <laughs> I think that that is probably, like – the script that they want to write. Yeah. Balcony, babies, queen. And I think that for the Jubilee itself, like that's the kind of shit that the royal family does best, right? Military precision, mm-hmm. precision, pomp and circumstance, all kinds of spectacle. Um, and yes, even inviting all members welcome. Whether or not Harry, Meghan and their babies will be up front in the balcony is another story. Yeah. yeah. And that is that I'm sure you'll get 10 episodes out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But I do think that that's the script that they would like to work towards. Yes. You can't always shoot the script that you want. Yeah, totally. But that's what's so tricky, too, about these balcony shots and how much goes into them and the logistics is that they probably wouldn't be front and center. And therefore, why should they even do it? If I'm them, like, I wouldn't really want to bring my little baby up there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that is logistically for new parents yeah. also such a hassle. And 
we don't know how COVID will be next year. I mean, it is, I feel like it is the dream to see that shot, but I just, I, know. I don't think it's going to happen. There's so many but, question marks for sure. Yeah. But I was going to say one other thing about the Royal Babies. I do feel like, you know, with Lucas and things like that, Mike Tyndall has also been like sort of a hero of these random <laughs> announcements that we've gotten this year where he goes on the good, the bad, and the rugby and shares these little anecdotes about the fact that Zara gave birth on the bathroom floor. So that kind of is just all the stuff around the Royal Babies is fun and fascinating to follow along. So I did want to make that one of my top moments. Am I allowed to do a quick honorable mention of James Corden? I don't mean to make these all Sussexes, but I right before the television event of the year, we did also have James Corden. Where Harry wow. and Meghan, I mean, that was only two weeks before. So I wanted to include that. It was that. February, right? It was in it was February. February 26th. I think it was right at the, like literally mm-hmm. mere days before Oprah. So it was like a That very was such different a surprise vibe. too. Yeah. yeah like so, such a shock. Anyways, so, but I yeah, did want to. That's a good honor. I did want to mention that. But should we move on to no, the royal? No, I think that's a good mention because that's also CBS. So like CBS had yeah, some right. mega royal wins. CBS oh, wow. also had Adele this I know year. Adele. I mean, like she's not royal, but she is yeah. British. So And also a very highly rated program. So yeah, Yeah. that James Corden thing was great. It was incredible. It rattled, you know, the rafters over at Buckingham Palace too. (laughs) So there's like, there is a lot. There's a lot going on. But I want to just add that we had the hardest time, obviously, narrowing this down to three top moments because there were so many things. But let's move on to our royal disappointments of the year. Yeah. So top three royal disappointments of 2021. Again, Lainey, kick us off. Guest of honor. I think it has to go back to something that was said during the television event of the year mm-hmm. and probably the top, if not the top three, like jaw dropping revelations, which is that whole issue about which member of the royal family, very senior, asked about what Archie would look like. Mm-hmm. This is the story that has since that revelation It's come back to haunt the royal family over and over again through 2021. At the end of 2021, we're still dealing with it because there's this new book, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Christopher Anderson. Right. Yeah. And, um, and he is, he, according to him, it was Prince Charles who said it. And I mean, this is the kind of comment and the kind of grossness and the kind of like, listen, the royal British royal family. Let's 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 be honest. They're OG. They're OG a lot. OG celebrities. OG influencers. Also mm-hmm. OG colonizers. Like I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. that's their history. Yeah. And so when you consider their history, the racism, the white supremacy, and then this allegation, ugh, it's a family crusher. Yeah. And we're going to be seeing the ramifications of that. I I think for if not years than decades. So that so I for me it's like the worst. And when I say worst, I call, qualify that it would be the worst for Archie and such a horrible experience. And then like a very bad look for the British royals. Very yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of. I feel like you know it was really hard to narrow down our best picks, but it was also really hard to narrow down the worst because there were a lot of stains on the monarchy this year. Like Rachel and I talked. Last episode, I think it was about, is this the second Annus Horribilis for the Queen after 1992? Because, I mean, there's so much. We had, you know, the Oprah interview revelations of how much, I mean, Megan's suicidal thoughts, too. and, and Everything you know, she endured, yeah. That, everything she endured. Andrew, Charles, Cash for Honors, I mean, it goes on and on. So, 
My pick is Prince Philip's passing and also the Queen's health. Um, I think those two kind of go hand in hand for me. There's just, like I mentioned before, so many unknowns about the Queen's health and also were purposefully kept in the dark by the palace a lot of the times. And I just think that them going back on their word and having to backtrack is just not great. Um, Her last public engagement was October, which I had to look up. And they do want her, I guess, to have another public appearance by the end of the year is the latest I've read. She is just now today named people royals cover star uh and i saw that i need to hunt that issue down i still love going to get in the print magazines (laughs) that's kind of the quarterly people royals i kind of wish it was monthly but the story is really interesting because a close insider source to the queen people quotes as saying the queen is ready to carry on for some time so there are definitely people putting out that narrative uh, I also liked this celebrity take that uh, one of the royal commenters made a surprisingly astute observation that the monarchy was immensely prepared for her death, but they were not prepared at all for her to be ill and unable to function publicly for any amount of time. So much so that we're seeing in recent months a lack of preparation for a 95-year-old woman who is not close to the end, but is just 95, you know? Mm. Like, they, she had such a packed schedule in the fall, and I think... That really must have taken a toll, I would guess. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? It's also, I mean, I don't know if ironic is the word to use here, but it's, it is ironic considering what happened with her father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, her father was also of ill health. And, you know, they should have had a playbook. I mean, it would be a, an old playbook. I yeah. get it. But the idea for the playbook from there I I don't know how you um, have a monarch who is at her advanced age. I mean, like, look, at at her age, she's awesome and she looks amazing and it's great. But at the same time, it goes back to, yes, what are they doing? These aides, these courtiers, you know, you're too busy leaking shit to the Daily Mail and the Sun to come up with a blueprint for what to do in these times. It's it's really embarrassing. Yeah. It's really embarrassing. Yeah. With the modern communication expertise that we have, it does. It's just amazing to watch it play out. I think it's very, very true. Yeah. I also think that they're hamstrung by the Britishness of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if they would consider it in, in good form, poor form to have these kinds of uh, d- discussions. Mm. You know, you know how, I mean, l- listen, the crown aside, we all know how emotionally and dialoguely stunted they are. Mm -hmm. Like they have a hard time expressing themselves and really confronting issues. Mm -hmm. And so imagine having that conversation like, mommy, what should we do if you're, you know, like it's, it's weird. They're, they're very awkward people as it is. They don't have good communication style and And then you have to talk subject. Yeah. Yeah. So And then they have all these fucking manners that they have to observe. It's yeah. so, you know, it's no wonder they can't get anything done. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's horrible to me that the tabloids, like especially in the, the lead up to Prince Philip's passing and his death is that it's turned around that like the Oprah interview is timed. Do you remember that? All those stories about how the Oprah interview mm-hmm. and he's in the hospital and how could they yeah. do such a thing at such a time? Yeah. And it's like, even I think with the Queen's health, there's stories still in the tabloids over there about, and not to say knock the 
British media, the respectable outlets, but like the tabloids are saying like, you know, they, they haven't even, even introduced her to Lilibet yet. They're so upset about that. And then when she's not ill, they do not want them over there. So it's just, it's all, it's all a uh, contradictory and it's, it's upsetting. Yeah, it's a lot. Rachel, let's talk about your low of the year, I guess. I want to say the Diana statue unveiling was a little bit of a a royal disappointment for me this year. I think I just, I thought the statue was beautiful. I cannot wait to get over there and see the statue. But I think I wanted the occasion to feel like more than just a photo op. The pictures made it seem like, what are you guys talking about? Like nothing has happened. Mm -hmm. Like it was all, you know, massive smiles. And I think in a lot of ways, we wouldn't have expected anything less. Like they were going to put everything to the side for this occasion. And that is appropriate, especially given their jobs as members of the royal family. But I think I obviously there was a lot of pressure for Diana in her, you know, posthumously um, to be this great reuniter. And she was. Harry made the trip. He came. It was very poignant and special. But I think it feels like then he hopped on a plane, he went home and like that was kind of it. I know it's a pandemic. I know that there are limitations, but I still, I think I just was like, wait, what? I got like, it was like whiplash. It went so fast. And maybe I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but that was just a little, it was disappointing for me. Do we know any status updates there on their relationship? And there's been, it's been very under wraps since there was a lot of back and forth in March and April. I don't think that there's been any, from what I understand, there's been any like movement. Um, I don't know that it's like, you know, they're sending shitty texts to each other every day, the way that the tabloids make it sound. Mm -hmm. But it may be that people need space sometimes before you can heal and reconcile. And um, sometimes in the long run, space will be good. Yeah. And I also think that like, you know, I hear you because there was so much buildup to the Diana unveiling, especially with all the gossip and, Mm -hmm. you know, the drama. And then, you know, Harry left so quickly. At the same time, my understanding with that was also like, you know, his little baby girl was so yes, little. Very like, true. She was what? Yeah. At that point, she was three weeks or yeah, something. Very right. true. And so I think, too, that it would have been like he's he's screwed either way, because if he stays longer, yeah. then, of course, those gross headlines that oh, get manufactured yeah. in the Daily Mail are going to be like, well, you know. Harry came home and this is the tonic he needed and he doesn't want to rush back to Megan. Very true. It's like this is how, yeah, it's set up. Damned if he does, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, no, exactly. I think I just, this is something that would never have played out and it has, it's not even to put all the pressure on Harry. Like I just, I wanted like, I, I don't know what I expected from that, but I just wanted to see, you know, more than the like, few shots. I think it's because we're well, all cause just hanging to be, so much on them. It was supposed to be more than that, too. It was supposed to be a huge, big thing, I think. And the event got scaled back a lot, but it was like way more than just like it was supposed to be two parts and it was supposed to be open to the public also. And then it was like, oh, no, there's not going to be anyone else there. Not Kate, not any of the Cambridge kids. And it's also just you know, very, very short. And, and that one edited guest list was very powerful because I liked that it was just the brothers and that it yeah. kind of took away from any distractions where they couldn't paint all these different narratives. I think I just, maybe it's just that I'm 
putting too much stock in a single event to give me yeah. a visual that they're going to be okay because I care so deeply about that relationship and mm-hmm. them fixing things. And mm-hmm. that's way too much to ask. <laughs> Do it behind I the scenes. So. I actually support that, but I also I hear just, no. I, I, I also think conflicted. that where Diana is concerned, I think all, all of us have this almost like almost inappropriate yeah, investment in someone we didn't know, right? Because like yeah. she was so yeah. beloved and she was so fascinating. And I do think if there's one area, my understanding that Harry and Harry and William will always agree on is that they like Diana's image and people's affection for her kind of ran away to a point where it's uncontrollable now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they're entirely comfortable with the like lionization and the oh, obsession uh, yeah. with their own mother yeah. that the world has. Like certainly they want the world to admire their mother mm-hmm. and remember her fondly, but I don't know, to create this frenzy around her. Yeah. I'm not sure that either of them are comfortable with that either. So I wonder too if part of the tone of that ceremony was more in line with what they hope that their mother will do. Because remember, it was after The Crown, a movie was about to come out, they would know about it, Spencer, that would revisit all of that shit, plus the Mountain Bashir thing was like back up. And, you know, there's so much already that's been said about like Diana and like obsessed over it that Mm -hmm. I don't know that they want to fuel that. Oh, totally. My understanding from certain insiders is that they would, they would actually not engage in that kind of business. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, I hope point. in 2022 we do get some more, um, you know, I want to, even if they're working privately, I would love to hear more about them mending their relationship. The brothers. Yeah, the brothers. Yeah. We'll work on that. Let's, we'll work on that. Let's <laughs> see what we can do. All right. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, we are going to do something special today with our highs and lows, which we always do, but this time it's going to be fashion related. Royal fashion highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. So my fashion low for the Royals is that there's just so many less Sussex appearances and therefore less fashion. I'm overall just bummed at the lack of Megan fashion we get to see. I mentioned the New York tour and we got that red carpet for the Veterans Day Intrepid Awards. But Kate, I mean, she's had so many amazing red carpet moments this year from James Bond to Earthshot to the Royal Variety, et cetera, et cetera. So I just miss the fashion from them. That's my low. What about you, Rachel? Milo um, was, it's kind of a silly one, but George wearing a suit and tie and such <laughs> formal wear to watch the Euro Cup games. <laughs> I feel like it so just cute. felt like, I read, like, I love see, the thought that he went and dressed up from school. Like he had to get more <laughs> formal. And I also think if you really slits it out, the fact that, and I really was like, oh, it's Royal Box Protocol, but Ed Sheeran was in that box and he was not in a suit and tie mm-hmm. if you go and scope mm-hmm. out those photos. So I don't know. I I just thought that that was kind of a low. Maybe he, you know, his dad is president of the football association, so you gotta you gotta dress Ed up. Ed represented the commoners. Yes, Ed was like the commoner. Yeah, in that box. Uh, David Beckham was there. He was formal too, but yeah, just. But it's a low because he's a little kid at a football match. He should well, be able to wear his jersey. Yeah. yeah, he should be. Leaning. What about you? Okay, my high and my low are related. So do it together. I That's guess fine. Get them both. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Get them both out there. So my high is of. Like, I think Kate's gold Jenny Packham at the Bond premiere was spectacular. Um, Like, a gorgeous dress, a designer she wears often, really great for the occasion. 
um, loved it. My low though is, and I have had a problem or my personal, you know, taste uh, for her for years is, in my opinion, she has really bad hairstyle. Mm. Like she has really, I don't love her hair energy. So to me, that dress, that look could have been that much better if her hair wasn't like Maggie Smith in Downton Abbey. Mm. I hear <laughs> it was that, that, yeah. that her updos and the, I wish like if as much as I wish they could have a new communications team or an improved communications team I also wish that <laughs> you know a good hair person could go in yes and yeah. like really do some work on that yeah because her hair it needed an uh, updo but it was too intricate that's why I, I agree I agree now thinking about this yeah yeah, yeah. or even like a, a slick pony Oh, you know, girl, you know, and that's the thing. I don't know. I don't think that she knows simple hair. You know, there's Mm. nothing wrong with just a a, a very nice and it's the hardest. You'll ask any hairstylist a a slick pony is the hardest thing to do, but it's like modern. It's dramatic. She's got the face for it. She's got the hair for it. Um, But yeah, her hair taste is, uh, you know, a little bit stuck from 20 years ago, 20, 25 years ago. All right. Sad to me. Okay. I will, I will say, I think she has such thick hair that it is probably kind of hard because a lot of people said Diana had such thick, thick hair and that it was like, that's why it just, it was so hard to emulate in all these shows and like adaptations we've had this year, The Crown and Spencer and all that. No one gets it right. Maybe Kate has, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's but yes. never okay. been a hair problem, Roberta. <laughs> too much hair has never tried. been a hair problem. <laughs> I feel like too little hair. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, I, I hear right. you. I know that you guys are always on the positive side and I respect no, that. But so there's right. really like, you know, it, no editorial uh, actual hairstylist would be able to co-sign that. Well, what about <laughs> William's lack of hair? That could- <laughs> that has to I go mean, in the low too. I mean, okay. All right, my high, my fashion high of the the year is the queen. This is this is a surprising choice, but I loved this moment in June, the queen in a cardigan and pearls and sunglasses. She wore this blue floral summer dress. I don't know if you guys remember this to mark what would have been Prince Philip's 100th birthday. She received a rose plant, which was planted at Windsor Castle in his memorial. But I just think it's so rare to see off-duty queen and this was kind of a relatable outfit and so I I did want to pick the honorable mention goes to Megan's Laura Piana all maroon outfit Kate also had this spectacular bright red turtleneck with bright red pleated skirt that I thought was incredible but the queen in a cardigan I think that just she looked and she had coral lipstick on she looked so cool I don't know just I liked that a lot so Yeah, my high of the year was Kate and William getting vaccinated and the attire that they wore. I think I just loved the conversation around the looks in particular. Mm -hmm. Like, how dare William not? I mean, first of all, we talked about his bicep, which was like on full display (laughs) in that Instagram shot. But then why did he wear long sleeves? Like that was like a Mm. big quandary for Royal Watchers. And I feel like that was a big highlight of um, a fashion highlight of the year. And then Kate with her high-waisted jeans and then, you know, very, very casual, but then she had the bling on her finger, you know, very prominent. That engagement ring was in that shot. So I feel like that was those two picks. Also just the fact that they showed themselves getting the first shot of the vaccine was a really cool move and 
all around my fashion high. I love those mom jeans on Kate. Those were and other stories, I believe. Is that yeah, and they sold out right? like lickety yeah. split. That's also a massive low is that I can never get some of the attire <laughs> fast enough or it's way beyond my budget, of course. But sometimes there's like that little nugget and you want to go grab it and you're too too. Or we kind of see it first because it's on Getty and you can see those pictures where they hit. Yeah. All right. This was awesome. Thank you so much, Lainey, for joining us. This was such a fun episode. Anything you guys want to add, too, before the – I mean, what a year. I I guess – I just wanted to say, like, what a year. Like, cheers to 2022 and all the royal stuff we have to look forward to. There's going to be a lot. There always is. There's no shortage of news with them. What a year. And, (laughs) you know, hopefully – yeah, hopefully in 2022 we can get a lot more reliable gossip and not Mm. the stuff that comes from the usual suspects that just kind of mess everything up. Mm -hmm. Very true. All right. Yeah. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts, five stars. Pretty please. Thank you to everyone that has already done that. It has made our year. And remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Lainey, they can look for your Wonderful, wonderful stories at laneygossip.com and follow you on Instagram. You can also send us an email, info at gallerypodcasts.com. Till next week. Till next year. God. Till next year. Till next year. I always, <laughs> last year to the same. All right. Till next year. God, God save, save the pod. <laughs> we did not nail it that time. <laughs> Cheers. Happy 2022. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.